Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. This weekly podcast features three questions answered by international expert Tracy Cox, the author of 17 books, including her most recent book, Great Sex Starts at 50. In fact, if you want that book, you can go to chroniclebooks.com and use promo code GREATSEX at checkout for 30% off. So if you want Tracy's latest book, Great Sex Starts at 50, enter GREATSEX at checkout on chroniclebooks.com. Now, enjoy our three questions, and if you want to submit your own questions, go to zibbyowens.com slash sex and anonymously enter questions you'd like Tracy to answer. Now, enjoy! Get excited! And if you find you loved this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, write a review, it all helps. And if you really love the way I do this podcast, check out Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write for more podcast fun. Hi, Tracy. Here we go. Episode two of Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Always ready, Zibby. <laughs> I feel like every comment we say can have another meaning to it. We could just joke the whole time. <laughs> Double on sex. They're there all the time, aren't they? I, I was like, when I was even advertising this podcast, I was like writing coming soon. And I was like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> anyway, oh, my terrible sense of humor. Okay. So we have three new questions user generated. I love to see these questions popping up in my email, these anonymous questions now on zibbyowens.com slash sex. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting one. I'll just like <laughs> right in the middle of my day. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. Tracy, do date nights actually work to help your sex life? The thought of them makes me want to stick pins in my eyes, but something's got to happen or we're never going to have sex. Please don't make me do something like, like role play where we pretend to pick each other up in a bar. Well, I might just make you do that because that's not such a bad idea. But it always makes me laugh with date nights because people hate date nights because they involve planning sex. And the minute you say to anyone, you might occasionally have to plan sex, they just go ballistic. Like People just have this knee-jerk reaction, like, I'm not going to do that. And if I put that into my, my calendar, like that turns it into a chore. You know, and, and why does putting something in your calendar turn it into a chore? I've never got this. We put a restaurant booking in our calendar and that's something to look forward to. We plan meals all the time. We work out what restaurant we're going to go to. We look online at the menu. We work out what we're going to wear, who we're going to meet. And that in our diary, for some reason, is something to look forward to. But if you put date night in our diary, it becomes a chore. And it's just ridiculous because 
we have been planning sex from from day one and even in that magical beginning when everybody thinks oh it was so spontaneous it was so spur of the moment it wasn't that was when most couples do their most planning they work out what to wear you look at your underwear you make sure your bed linen's okay you know you think about lighting you think about music you think about what sex move you're going to try in bed there is no end to planning at the beginning of a relationship you just don't realize that you're doing it so I think we really need to let go of this whole thing that planning something somehow takes the pleasure out of it because it doesn't, right? Have I made that clear to everyone, do you reckon? You've made that clear, but I feel like it's different than a restaurant because there's supposed to be some sort of underlying, like, I don't know, it just feels different to me. I see why people don't want to plan it because like, what if you don't feel like it? It's not like a restaurant. How how much can you not feel like having Italian food? I could always have Italian food. Do you know what I mean? Like pasta sounds good yeah. all the time, but like, that's not the same necessarily for like a full body experience that like, you know. True, true. Okay. But what you've got to look at, there's date nights and there's date nights, right? Where I'm pro date nights is that anticipation can replace spontaneity and no matter what you think spontaneous desire goes long term so you have to do something or else you're going to end up like the lady said you know who wrote in otherwise we're just never going to have sex so I think people don't like that idea as well we all like the thought that we're just going to keep looking at each other and spontaneously want to have sex well you need to park that and think okay well when we've been together 10 years maybe this isn't going to happen so there's date nights and date nights now if you put a date in your diary that just says date night and you don't plan anything exciting to do on that night you are absolutely going to look at each other in horror and go oh my god well this is just ridiculous what are we going to do and end up having obligatory missionary style sex with the lights off but if you let date night be a night that doesn't have to include sex you're simply carving out some time to have time together doing something that you like that might lead to sex then that kind of takes the pressure off. And that's what date night's all about. It's not like saying you must have sex on this night. It's all to do with just making sure that you're giving yourself a little bit of breathing space in the week that that might happen. And they only work if you do plan something. And, you know, you if it's your, and I think you have to take turns as well, because otherwise the date night just becomes another stress for the person who always does everything. And when you're planning something, as well as planning something nice, like going out to a restaurant or going to see a movie or something, then I think you should plan just a little sex surprise if sex does happen. And it's the surprise that turns it really from being a chore into a pleasure because then your partner's like, oh, what are you going to do tonight? You know, what have you got in store for me tonight? And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could be great new underwear. It might be watching a sexy movie. It might be sex in a different room. It might be a new oral sex move that you've found. It doesn't have to be a big surprise, just something. And if you can have that playfulness and keep that without the pressure of sex, just the playfulness, I think then what is there to dislike? How does that sound now? I think it might be more palatable to think of it more like a to-do list, like than a calendar. <laughs> this is like the type A approach to this. Like what you were just saying, like, no, like, you know, try a different room, try this, try that. That sounds more interesting than like putting it as a time and place to show up and like just, you know, turn off whatever else is in your head and just like mm. get going. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. well, I think, 
Well, that's true. Why don't you do instead of if a date night, if the time is what's free. And P.S. This was not my question. None of these are my questions. I just <laughs> happen to be engaging on what I think about your answers, but I promise this was not. And by the way, I love date night and I love anytime I get alone with my husband. So anyway, I didn't mean to say that that's not no, important. No. But maybe turn it into then if you don't want to have a date night, because that is a very good point, is that sometimes people just don't like it slotted into a time. So maybe you have a deal with your partner that every week or every two weeks or whatever suits you as a couple, one of you has to come up with something new to do in bed. And you literally put that on the calendar, like not on a day, just there, that one of you has to tick that box and come up with something new. Again, it can be little thing. Maybe that's more palatable than a date night thing. But I think you have to have some kind of structure around sex and frequency or else it just constantly gets pushed to the end of the pile. People always do it as a last thing at the end of the day. And if you've got kids and you've got a busy life, it just never gets done. And then what happens is you you just don't do it. And then you think, oh my God, we'll have to have a really big one next time to make up for it. And then that's even more daunting. And then before you know it, you're not having sex. Well, I think you have to be careful for uh, parents out there. Like, what are you going to put in the calendar? My kids are in my calendar all the time. They're like always on my phone. You have to do some sort of code word or something. Code it. That's easy. Just come up. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and they like all come pounding on my door. Yeah. It's ice cream time. What's going on? <laughs> that was a really bad tip. <laughs> okay. So maybe not ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Hoovering. Oh, vacuuming. Vacuuming. Okay. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah. They won't be coming to you for that. <laughs> All right. Actually, no, that. That's a really bad connotation, isn't it? <laughs> not something that we look forward to. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Question number two. I told a sex secret about my partner to a friend. She told her partner, who knows my partner, and it all got back to him. He's mortified. How do I fix this? Okay. Well, I think this is something that we're all guilty of. And I have to say, before I go rattling on about all the things you shouldn't share about sex, Something that I do want to make very clear is that it is really important for women to keep talking about sex to their friends because we need to be talking about things like consent and, you know, choices that we've made that maybe we regret, how to masturbate, how to change, you know, close the orgasm gap. All of these conversations are so important. So if you're talking to your friends about having sex and and you're looking for informational guidance or advice, I think that is absolutely a different ball game um, than this question, okay? (laughs) (laughs) It is impossible to get away from it. But you don't say what the secret is, and I'm desperate to know. But listen, it's obviously a good enough sex secret that they wanted to pass it on. And quite frankly, any sex gossip about your friends is good gossip. You've got to just assume that it is going to go to the partner. I mean, I don't care who the person is or whatever I promise. I will always tell my partner, A, because he's really trustworthy and I know he doesn't go any further, but everybody tells their partner or they tell one other person. So you've got to always assume this. And the thing is, is that things go wrong in sex and no one, it's bad enough looking like an idiot in front of your partner. But if you know that it's it's not only your partner you have to worry about, you know they're going to turn it into an entertaining story for all the friends. And that's even more mortifying. And what happens then is that if you don't respect your partner's privacy, everything shuts down. They will stop opening up to you about new things they'd like to try. They won't tell you or that, you know, they'll just refuse to try anything. And before you know it, you've absolutely ruined your sex life. So if you are thinking of sharing something and it's just for entertainment, I really would say 
forget it. That's not a good idea. You need to think through the consequences. Like what happens if my partner finds out, is it going to be a deal breaker or will they just think it's a bit of a laugh? And there is no such thing as the bulletproof trustworthy friend. So you need to get rid of that. Things you should never talk about, any kinks and fetishes, which which is exactly the sort of thing you do want to go rushing off to your friend and say, oh my God, it's just asked me to wear this in bed. So that's a deal breaker because it's so personal and people are highly sensitive about it. Um, Penis size, another one. We're going to talk about that later, but absolutely you wouldn't share that unless it's, oh, I don't know. I I think even sharing about big penises, you're, you're dicing with danger there as well. Erectile dysfunction, if you want to guarantee he'll never get an erection again, tell all your friends that he had a problem at any point. And quite frankly, anything negative where you're bitching to your friends about your sex life, and if you are bitching to your friends about your sex life all the time, what's the point? Don't talk to them. They're not going to make a difference to your sex life. Bitch to your your partner. Tell them what's going on. So it kind of takes away that as well. The more you confide in your friends and, and talk to them, the less you're confiding in your partner. The other thing I want to say, two quick things, is don't feel pressured either. I mean, we've all been part of those girls' nights out where everybody has a few drinks and you're all confessing all sorts. But if you're not that person, just say, look, I'm not that person. I'm not. You guys go ahead, and I think it's hilarious, but I'm not going to be the one to share. The other thing I do need to say is that if you are with somebody who is coercing you into doing something that you don't want to do and saying to you, don't you tell your friends I forced you to do this. This is a completely different scenario, obviously. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So what do you reckon things that you can share with me? I don't know. It's tough to know what to share. It's yeah. I mean positive things. Positive things. Like saying like my husband's a fantastic lover. That's not going to get you in any trouble. I don't think at all. Saying things and also I think if you stick to sort of um basic stuff like we tried a new position and we fell over. No one's going to get too you know, caught up about that. Or things that make you look silly, I think are perfectly fine to share. You know, like, you know, the cat put you off your game, you broke wind at the wrong time, you know, like things like that. I think that that are harmless type of things. But then again, having said that, I know some men who've got really upset when they, I've been with a friend who her husband found out that, you know, they, the cat walked in, the dog, was, I think it was, was looking at them and she just said it was hilarious. And he looked absolutely mortified. So even then you can't be too certain about what to share, but how to fix it. But if you don't, if you don't share, that's also okay. Like you you don't have to. No, 
No, and I think some people like talking about their sex life to other people, but if you are going to do that, if I, I would strongly suggest you have, and this is when it often works, you have a friend who is not connected at all with anybody else in your social circle. Do you know what I mean? Like a friend that's just your friend that you know, maybe at work who never sees your husband, doesn't know anyone else, and is quite trustworthy, because then it doesn't really matter if she goes home and tells her partner, because they're not connected with you. So people who are quite isolated from your group, if you do want to share, fine. But anyone, you know, like, come on, your best friends, you know, partner, you know, like it's just, just and you all mixed together, it's bound to get back. So you are just courting with disaster. So if you did do this, and now you're in the situation as this lady is, the first thing you have to do is, I don't know why I'm saying lady, I heard the word lady, woman, woman. The first thing to do is to, if you haven't done this, obviously apologise, and it has to be sincere. You can't be secretly thinking, you know, having a little snicker as you apologise. It's got to be absolutely sincere. And also maybe if there was a reason why you did it, share that. Like maybe if you wanted her perspective on something, you know, put that in there and say, well, look, I told her because, or I told him because. Reassure that it will never happen again. And again, you have to be, you know, if you're secretly thinking, well, they overreacted to that and there was absolutely nothing wrong with what I did, there was no point. And if you do think that, say, listen, I think you've overreacted a bit, you know, tell me why this has hurt you so much, but you do need to reassure. And the other thing, most importantly, is whatever the secret was that you shared, there will be consequences. Like, for instance, say it was a role play thing that went horribly wrong and he was made to look really stupid and, you know, it was quite funny. Came out of the wardrobe with a Batman outfit on and then hurtled across the bed and fell on the floor. He's never going to, he's not going to want to do role play ever, ever again. So you need to say, sorry, I found that funny. But I love the fact that we do have role play, even though it does go wrong. And I love the fact that you try new things. So you need to reassure about the thing to make sure that he doesn't stop doing that ever again. I have an ancillary question then. How do you feel about people writing about it? Like that would be really funny in a novel, for instance, if I read that scene about the Superman falling or Batman, whatever. Right. That would be very funny in fiction. Do you think it's okay to put in fiction? Well, I write sex books all the time. And I have to say, I what I do is I disguise, I put like three real life things and turn it into one story. So I change, so it, and I so honestly sat there with boyfriends and they've been reading a story about themselves and not known it was them. So I do think you disguise it. And I've always looked at, you know, like sex columnists who write about their sex life all the time. I, I couldn't go out with somebody like that. I couldn't go out with somebody. And my job is as a sex columnist. I just think... I, yeah, I don't think that's okay. I think maybe in a novel that's completely different because it's at least dressed up as fiction. But I look at these columns where they're writing about their sex life as their sex life is happening, really personal and naming the person. And I think, no, I don't, I wouldn't like it. But obviously their partners do or else they wouldn't be around with them. Would you yeah. like it? No, God, are you kidding? I can barely even I'm, talk to you about this. It's even these are, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, no, I feel like it's very private. And Whoa. I, you know, I probably err on the side of not sharing really anything with anybody. So I don't know. I'm like on one end of the spectrum. The idea of somebody, yeah. you know, broadcasting our personal life would would not fly with me. No. <laughs> I know what I can share and what I can't because I've spoken to Miles and I, and I will only share, if you listen, I only ever share positive things. So I think that's that's my thing. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Interesting, isn't it? Well, that leads us to our last question, perhaps. (laughs) Well, okay, not really. All right, question three. I'm dating a man with... 
<laughs> so when I was in high school, there was this group of all of us like sitting around our our lobby in, in high school and they were daring everybody to say the word penis like out loud <laughs> and, and say it louder and louder and like try not to get the attention of a teacher. And I remember being like, well, I'm not, I can't even say it once. And then people realized how like prudish I was about talking. And then I sat there with my cheeks blazing red, you know, while everyone's like, say it. <laughs> anyway, I feel like, I feel like I'm having like PTSD from that moment as I'm trying to read this. Oh, no. That's okay. What? Anyway. How old, were you? how old were you then? Like 14, something. Oh my God. 14. And you hadn't said the word penis out loud. I just, not in like a group. I don't know. <laughs> not in the lobby of my high school. I don't know if any of my high school friends are listening who were in that pack. <laughs> Maybe they remember. She is still struggling how to say it. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I'm dating a man with a, sm- this is not my question. I'm dating a man with a small penis. I can tell he's paranoid about it and desperate to ask me if I think it's small. What do I say? Do I tell the truth? There you go. I said, I said it. I said it out loud. Okay. Right. Okay. I think that the world divides into women saying, well, I know, I think the world is full of, sorry, let me start again. I think the world is full of women saying, do I look fat? And men saying, do I look small? I think we are completely obsessed with both of those things. And the first thing you need to know in that scenario is that he already knows whether he's smaller than the average person. There is not a man alive who has not measured their penis. He already knows whether he's thicker, shorter, like skinnier, longer than the average person. So you have to assume that. He is not asking you for confirmation. You don't know the the average length of the penis. No, you know, like this, it's such a broad range anyway that no one really knows. So he already knows whether he's bigger or smaller. So he's not looking for confirmation. What he is looking for is reassurance that you are okay with that. Okay, so that's a completely different scenario. Now, as for whether to tell the truth, if he really is under size or really is skinny or or dramatically different than the norm it is really pointless pretending I mean if he says do you think I'm normal size and you go oh yes it's enormous and he you know it just makes you look stupid he'll think you're being sarcastic and it's not going to get you anywhere so if you keep the focus on reassurance and just say a few things like if you if you're not very experienced in bed you could come out with something like I really wouldn't know if it's small or big because I've got nothing to compare it to Now, or you just say something vague, like, you know, I honestly don't know if it's big or small, but all I know is that it feels fantastic inside me and that's all that counts. And if you still can't handle it, say any of that, just say something like, oh, stop worrying. And, you know, you're so sexy. Stop worrying about things like that and just grab him and kiss him. And that kind of gets you over that being pushed into a corner thing. And the thing also is to make it clear that he's he's a package. He's not just a penis. If you just wanted a penis, you would have gone off and bought a sex toy. You know, they're far less maintenance than a man is so you know it's all part of the package isn't it and small penises don't make him a bad lover what makes him a bad lover is a man who's paranoid about his size because a guy who you know no matter what you do you can use penis enlargers you can use penis pumps they make a tiny bit of difference but he's stuck with what he's got so unless he makes peace with it yes it will interfere with your sex life but you know if he does make peace with it you you know there are so many different things that don't involve you know penis size it's just it's it's actually so far, you know, it just doesn't make any difference to what kind of lover he is. And in fact, it can make him a better lover because often men with big penises rely on that and think that that's all it takes. And they've got zero technique. So that's that's what I would do with that one. 
If he's just a little bit under normal, I think you've got absolutely nothing to gain by even acknowledging it. I mean, I would just be saying, look, I haven't noticed anything at all, because what is the point of that? Or you could dazzle with science because, for instance, say he's long and thin. Well, then the answer to that science-wise, sex sex anatomy class-wise, is that you say, well, that doesn't matter because all the nerve endings, are, no, well, yeah, all the nerve endings are in the first inch or so of the vagina, and that's all that counts, right? Say he's got a short penis, but it's quite girthy and quite thick. You say, this is fantastic because it's making full contact with the whole of the vaginal walls, which is where all the nerve endings are. There's always, a, there's always, a, and, and both of them are true. So if you think you can get away with dazzling with science, then try that one. But if he's highly suspect and you're not the sort to have known all this stuff, which I suppose most people don't do, they just refuse to be drawn and just keep saying, look, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. There are some ways to get out of it. What are you thinking? What would you say if your guy said, do you think my penis is small? And it was small. I think we should go with your answers. You had great answers. And one final tip also, if anyone's sitting here and thinking, you know what, I'm just about to sleep with somebody for the first time and what happens if I end up looking down and it's all like really much smaller than I think. The first thing that everybody does, and you just can't help it, it's just a body language thing, is that you take your hands away because that's what we do when we're surprised. We remove our hands from the thing that has surprised us. And that is, of course, the worst thing you can do because that sends a signal like, oh, my God, I don't even want to touch it. So, And also, it's also the worst thing to do because he might be, you know, you know the difference between a grower and a shower. Some men who aren't erect look really small, and then the minute you stimulate them, it's like jack in the beanstalk. So, you know, it's in your interest to keep your hands there. (laughs) You make me laugh. It's like, I, I, you just make me laugh. It's so funny. Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh. I'll never be able to read that book the same way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your sex tip of the day? I know you two. Is that no, your thing? That's no, that's not the sex tip of the day. The sex tip of the day. I've been talking to a few people counseling for something else that I'm working on. And I think people feel a hell of a lot of pressure to say yes to sex every single time their partner asks them. And so I just, my tip is it's okay to say no to sex. No one feels like sex all the time. It's quite normal. And in fact, if you say no occasionally to your partner, they know that when you say yes, you absolutely mean it. So don't feel pressured to say yes every single time someone, you know, your partner wants to have sex with you. Love That's it. That's my tip. Excellent. Wow. So much information. That was so fun. Thank you. <laughs> I love these little <laughs> chats. I mean, seriously. And everybody listening, send your questions in on zibbyowens.com slash sex. And yes, shock me as they keep appearing in my inbox uh, throughout my business day. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Sex. If you want more, listen to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books and Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, plus Wake Up and Write. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff that helps this podcast get on the charts. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.